0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 through 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today we have a special guest. Uh, Luke Karate joins us, uh, played in the Atlantic Junior Hockey League, uh, which has kind of developed into to a couple different leagues since then. But the BCHL for penticton u s h l for dubuque uh, won a championship there went on to play uh college hockey at r p i and and played professional hockey in the east coast hockey league so uh yeah luke, thanks for coming on and and talking about uh u s h l today How are things going
1: yeah things are going good thanks for having me first um really you know happy to to be on here with you um you know in in the short amount of time that you've been running Paragon you've done a great job obviously and You know, in all aspects, not just the hockey part, but, you know, actually promoting the players and everything like that. So uh, these type of things are cool for me as well, Um, much like everyone else. It's, you know, kind of just just getting organized and figuring out what, you know, the landscape of hockey is going to look like. Um, It's been a little bit of a little bit of Groundhog Day. You just kind of get up, you get on the computer emails and phone calls and then rinse and repeat, you know, throughout the week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm staying. everyone's staying healthy on my end and, you know, that's that's what matters and looking forward to getting back to the rings here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's being everyone being healthy is the most important thing and, and obviously yeah, even as guys return to play. But I guess like the million-dollar question before we get into, you know, why you're on here is, yes, is there anything you could tell us, oh. us you know, about the oh. USHL and COVID and COVID? You know, maybe obviously we know there's a, a, a tentative date for the league to start. Is there anything else you could tell people that are wondering is USHL going to play or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we had originally hoped that we'd be able to start the season as normal with the fall classic in, in Pittsburgh, Um, you know, but due to the fact that we've got, you know, teams kind of spread out across the Midwest, some of the teams are in markets that you know, or have, have, some, have some restrictions uh, that, you know, aren't really making it fe- feasible to play right now. So, you league push the league pushed the start date back to early November. Uh, we're pretty – we're confident that this is going to give, you know, the league and the league member teams uh, the adequate amount of time to, to get ready for the season and, you know, get uh, – you know, ho- hopefully – in the hopes that we can get the season started with fans uh, in the meantime. You know, players will start reporting soon to, you know, to the teams, and uh, the the focus, you know, just like how our league operates, it's going to be development. There's going to be a lot of practice time, uh, a lot of preparation for the teams, um, coupled with the fact that, you know, some of the some of the teams have gotten kids who should be on college rosters this year to uh, to sign up and play for at least the first half of the year um so we're we're really excited you know obviously along with everyone else to get back to playing but you know the quality of the competition in the the league uh this year will be will be very high end um so again we're you know we're just hoping that things can continue to trend in the right direction
0: and uh you know get the season started yeah not to get sidetracked i love the the point on development like i've been telling kids and parents like it's First off, it's not a one and done thing. Whether you're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, like you're probably going to have to play where you are the year after anyway. So it's like, focus on getting better every day. Work out. Get on the ice. Make the most of your ice sessions. Games are going to return at some point. You know, hopefully sooner than later. You know, for all these kids and like developments the is the key thing. So hearing that, even at the highest levels, like USHL, I've seen a lot of the teams are having their training camps. They're going to have like eight week training camps. Some of these teams like they're going to just get better. Right. So that's, yeah. that's awesome to hear. So yeah, I mean, moving into kind of just getting into the background, what you're up to, I mean, your career has come full circle. Like maybe, you know, you don't have to go into too much detail, but give us kind of a, you know, walk us through your playing career, obviously Atlantic junior hockey league, BCHL, USHL college, maybe, you know, everyone always says these leagues are different, have different styles. I know they're very different today from when you played, but maybe what are the differences you found throughout the leagues and, and talk a little bit about your college experience?
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I I kind of uh, took the scenic route um, pretty much the entire time, which, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of great life experiences, both on and off the ice. Uh, met a lot of great people, you know, people who I still keep in contact, you know, to this day. Um, you know, I started my junior career in the old AJ, which is, like you said, now, like the EHL. Uh, some teams went to the USPHL, but um, it was, you know, an older league. Uh, it's kind of my introduction to to junior hockey, um, you know, physical hockey. Uh, but at the end of the day, the competition is, you know, was, was still pretty good for, for out east. And then uh, took the next step with the playing and in, in the BCHL. And that was a, a tremendous opportunity a tremendous time, um, you know, getting to see Western Canada uh, playing in, you know, one of the best junior leagues in North, North America. Um, and then, you know, the next year moving to Dubuque, uh, getting to play in the USHL, which was, you know, which was one of my goals, you know, coming up through the ranks because, you know, growing up, um, you know, I knew that the USHL was, was the top junior league, in, in, in my opinion, in the world, just before, you know, what it provides to the players. Um, so I got, got to play in Dubuque for a year with some, some very great hockey players some good hockey people running the team.
0: For some people that don't know, maybe mention some of the guys you were on the team with.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, we were led by Jim Montgomery, um, Bobby Kinsella, Joe Coombs, all of whom who, you know, have moved on to the higher to higher positions in hockey. Uh, my team was, you know, pretty stacked. I mean, we were, the team was going to win no matter what, in, our, in my opinion. You know, Johnny Goudreau, uh, Joachim Ryan, Riley Barber. Uh, those were a couple of guys that, you know, that have made it to the NHL. Um, you know, Vinny Sapinari, who was a national championship winner with BU before he even got to us. Um, we, just had a, we just had a pretty loaded lineup. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, a lot of the players have gone on to, to good hockey careers and, you know, careers in, in the outside world as well, too. We keep in touch, obviously, much like many, you know, many team championship teams do. Um, so I had a great year there, culminating with obviously winning you know, winning the Clark Cup championship. Um, after that moved to RPI, I uh, was fortunate enough to, to be a Division I student athlete. Um, had, obviously, some of, the, some of the best years of my life in Troy, New York. Um, and was fortunate enough to play in the ECAC, which, you know, during that time frame, the ECAC was, uh, you know, it was a wagon for a league. I mean, two of the, in my four years, two of the national championship winners came from the league, uh, Yale and Union. Um, but it was, you know, from top to bottom, it was just every night was a, every night was a grind. I mean, the grind of the ECAC, it's tough. I mean, you might be, you play one night in Cornell, and then you got to hop on a bus, you know, two hour two hours later to, to Colgate. I mean, the North country trips, like the, the grind of the ECAC is real. And that definitely prepared, you know, prepares anyone for, for pro hockey, if that's the step that they want to take. And, you know, going to an institution like RPI academically, I was in a tremendous spot. So. Um, you know, I, again, nothing but love for, for those four years. And then I was, again, fortunate enough to play professionally afterwards in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, learned a ton uh, from, you know, our head coach, Cale McLean, assistant coach Alex Lowe. Uh, a lot of good leaders were on that team. Uh, Pete MacArthur, who's a who's a pro hockey legend uh, from upstate New York. He was our captain. Um, you know, just you, you, when you get to pro hockey and you're around, guys in that environment, everyone's, you know, very like-minded. Everyone's, everyone works hard. Everyone has great attention to detail. So it's just, you know, you, you learn to have that consistency really every day because honestly at that level, you you know, your job's on the line, uh, pretty much every day. So, um, I was, you know, really lucky to have a great playing career. And then, you know, it ended, uh, suddenly for me with a, with a, a my third shoulder injury, Um, but, you know, having my college degree and, you know, a a good, good resume in hockey kind of set the stage for, you know, for the next part of my career.
0: Yeah. And I I think going into that, like you're lucky to kind of come full circle. A lot of guys they'll, they'll play college, come back and coach in college and and you've kind of done something similar where now you're back working in the USHL. I think, you know, for, for someone who maybe isn't familiar with your role in USHL. I mean, talk about maybe some of the experiences that kind of led to to you working in USHL and now being the director of player personnel, you know, if you had to sum it up in, you know, four or five sentences, maybe touch on, you know, what your role is in regards to scouting, recruiting, marketing, the league, you know, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, you get done playing and you want to see what, you know, what you can do to stay in hockey. And I knew I wanted to be in hockey no matter what, um, you know, generally everyone kind of makes the trans a lot of people make the transition into coaching and, you know, I coached midget hockey for a couple of years, but my real passion was, uh, you know, being uh, on the developmental side with the players, you know, working with them on the ice and then, you know, doing the I- identification and, and evaluation of players is what really, you know, got made me tech. Um, I, I, just like you do. I mean, I see you at the rinks pretty much everywhere watching games with a cup of coffee. I mean, there's really not much, not much downside to it. Um, yeah. the, the days and nights are, the days and nights are long, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a passion of, you know, of ours, which, you know, it's, uh, it's a grind, but it's, it's fun. I mean, you get to watch hockey all day. What, what's so bad about that? But, um, you know, with, with my position with the USHL, I, you know, I was able to work in Green Bay with the gamblers for a couple of years, uh, build, you know, good, good network um, of contacts. And uh, when this position kind of opened up, I had been in touch with, uh, with the league office a little bit and, um, you know, it worked out. So, um, at, you know, being a, being a part of the best junior hockey league in, in the world, um, it's you know having been on a, in the league as a player and now kind of on the other side, um, very grateful obviously and you know during these times um, you know I'm I'm lucky to have a good support staff with you know with the league and working with all the the member teams that you know that that want to make the league successful that's all that's our goal and uh, you know to date the league has taken you know leaps and bounds from the early two thousands when. Uh, you know, when it just turned tier one and, you know, it wasn't really, you know, it was a great, it was a great league hockey wise, but it was, you know, it was, it was on a very much smaller level uh to what it is today.
0: Yeah, I think uh one, yeah, obviously see you in the ranks all the time too. It's just, I don't think people realize like you can always get information in there. And it's also like, yeah, you if a player is good, it's like there's a million other guys and just seeing what the player pool looks like. Unless you're in the ranks, you have no idea like where that player might really fall. So, you know, it's always good seeing you around the ring. So I guess one other part, I guess, to touch on moving into the league and you've touched on a little bit of how it's evolved, like, you know, just for, for people that don't realize, I mean, obviously I, I consider it the – I mean, you could say probably the like the best amateur league in the world. I mean, it's the best players that can go on and play college, still play professional. You know, how good the league is. I mean, you've seen games in person now with your job. You've, you've played in the league. I'm just saying to, today, you know, maybe if you touch on how competitive it is, the the level play, the style, and I guess what's really unique about it is how every team is different. Some teams, you know, value, you know, obviously junior experience, pure skill, ability, obviously there's always an element, element of how good the player is, but, you know, maybe just touch on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, going back to like the early 2000s when the league was you know look maybe a little bit a little bit older than what it is now but it was still you know kids were going to division one um you know kids were getting drafted to the nhl and just on a very much smaller level um to what it is today i mean you could look at you know the player pool from from the league kids are leaving you know new england prep or minnesota high school or not going major junior to play in our league to play in the ushl for a year or two and then you know go get um you know take Take advantage of their division one scholarship. Um, I think that a, a lot of it, you know, we've worked a lot with with NCAA hockey or with, with the NCAA hockey teams, uh, College Hockey Inc. To really promote the, the path of, hey, come in, come to the USHL. You're going to get taken care of, you know, free equipment head to toe. Nothing's going to be paid for by your family. Oh, and by the way, you get to play against the best competition, you know, in in our country, and you know, with now players from all over the world come to our league. Um, it, there's just so many benefits to to coming and and being an, an athlete in the United States Hockey League. Um, you know, while you're playing there, after you're playing there, um, it just you know to have the USHL on your resume as a player is is a, it's a very big deal. Um, kids are you know like we like we've talked about kids are coming to to our league for a year or two and then every every single night there's division one schools there's nhl teams watching um so the best you know the best the best players are coming to us and then you know going off and and doing big things at the higher levels
0: yeah and i think to touch on that like how good the league is like and i don't know how different it was from from the early 2000s but you know, even the, the influx of high end, like Europeans and Canadians, like, you know, what have you seen with that? I mean, obviously, even when I was in Dubuque, I mean, we had, we had Reese Gaber there. We had, we had some, I mean, Michelli, I mean, across the league, it's been super impressive. The Europeans and Canadians, maybe talk about how that's grown. And and like, you know, I think for kids in America, like realize they're not just competing with, within their own country.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone wants to come to North America to play ultimately, you know, the NHL's here ultimately, you know, playing college hockey. And if you want to do that, that's, that's, that's where you, this is where you have to come. So from all over the world, I mean, the league's done such a great job and not just, you know, the league office, I'm talking about, you know, the operators, the guys like you, you know, who work for the teams or who had worked for the teams, they're the ones that have their relationships with, you know, with the, with the agencies, with the NHL teams, with, you know, with all these with all these quality hockey people that are able to, you know, uh, make the, have the players make the transition from wherever they're coming from to the United States Hockey League. So um, there's just there's so many different things that you know the groundwork has been laid over the years, and you know, and now it's like a kid will be well, I go to the USHL for you know for a year or two, and then you know I've got up to four years playing college hockey to you know further grow as a human being, further grow as a hockey player. Um, there's just so many. There's so many benefits to our path. Um, you know, again, not just on the ice, but off the ice as well too. Making sure that you're chipping away at your your college degree, and you got four years to finish that as well too. So, um, yeah, there's just there's so many so many benefits, obviously.
0: Yeah, and you talked about like the grind in college, like being on the bus and, and you know playing one night here in North Country and all those trips. Yes. Touch on like the league. So, like I think people look, the USHL is, is a great league and it's, and it's awesome. And there's an element of it being cool, right. To be playing in with the fans and all that stuff, but talk about the landscape and the travel. And obviously, you know, we touched on the development opportunities, but you know, there's a grind component, you know, to, to the league itself, and maybe touch on that and what some teams are looking at when it comes to weekends and traveling.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a pro style schedule. I mean, in a, in a normal year, the teams are playing, you know, 60 games, pretty much all on the weekend, some three and threes. Um, and you're not just playing in, you know, in one city in one night, you know, I, mean, I, I remember uh, playing in Muskegon on a Friday night and then having to bus it, bus halfway to, to Youngstown, Ohio. We'd stay the night in like Toledo or something and then get up the next morning and make the, make the rest of the trip. So um, just this, the schedule uh, you know, the, the stuff that travel, which, really isn't isn't terrible i mean you know i i think that it's almost a rite of passage for any player coming up the ranks to sit on a bus with your buddies for you know for hours upon hours watching movies playing card games whatever it is Uh, i think that's definitely part of you know the lifestyle of being a hockey player is being being able to go through that grind and you know everything's what you make it if you know if you're the type of guy, that's like, oh, I don't want to sit on a bus. I don't want to I just want to kind of play home. You know, maybe the league's not for you. But uh, if you're a player that, you know, you have serious goals of playing in college hockey and, and beyond in professional hockey, you know, this is a this is a great stepping stone, again, to have in your resume to show that. Yeah. You know, what? I went through the grind of the USHL for a year or two. I know I'm ready for college hockey. I know I'm going to be ready for pro hockey at some point.
0: Yeah. I think you hitting on it's, it's, you know, there's an element of like, you, you got to bring the right mindset. You got to be all in. And I think you see it every year. I mean, it's at different places. Like for some kids, it isn't for them. And and I think also for certain kids figuring out what's for them and isn't is, is good for both sides. Right. So, yep. you know, they're all in when when they get there and they, the team can get the most out of them and they can get the most out of themselves. Um, I think one thing to touch on with the development is obviously every team is different, but you know we 're seeing more and more I think the the NHL draft i mean usHL correct me if i 'm wrong but they 're near the top, if not at the top, as far as guys drafted in uh, out of junior leagues even uh, versus major junior because you 're seeing a lot of teams draft you know kids in the later rounds that have the ability to go to college um, you know and I think what 's important about that is we see the college hockey art, college hockey Inc articles about kids, you know, taking that longer development path and and kind of figuring out what's best for them and taking the step when it's time. I think you're kind of seeing that even with NHL prospects, like if they're not blue chip, you know, for sure guys that are going to make it you know, why not pick a guy that has time to go to, to go to college and further develop at some of these, you know, great programs, you know, anything you could add about that and what you've seen or observed with the NHL draft and and USHL guys getting picked more and more? Oh
1: yeah. I mean, when I, when I played in the league in 2010, 2011, I think that year there was, you know, there's 25 NHL draft picks, um, compared to, you know, the, the 55 that we had in 2019. Um, you, you said it uh, perfectly. I mean, NHL teams will be able to look at a player who, who has some tools that they're like, okay, you know, if this kid, you know, can develop and and make improvements, he's going to give himself a really good chance to play in the National Hockey League someday. So definitely, NHL teams take notice of that, um, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they're like like we said, we had 50 plus NHL draft picks in 2019. Um, we we expect that number to continue to grow throughout the years because. You know, as time goes on, our league's only going to get better with, with the model that we have. Uh, I think a big part of it, too, is is honestly the, you know, the staff that the league can attract, that they, each, uh, you know, member team can, you know, can attract. You know, these, these guys now come from college, come from pro to, to work in our league uh, because they know that they're dealing with the next, you know, some of the next great players in, in our game, what, no matter where they're from. Um, so that definitely adds to it you know, and having having guys on staff who have you know experience at at different levels, whether it 's in North America overseas, wherever it is um, that just that just adds you know adds more
0: to it yeah, and I think too not to go again we've we've touched on this a lot, but obviously a lot of kids getting picked you know can can have that, but there are also tons of blue chip prospects i mean i i don 't know what it is off the top of my head, but I know. You're gonna have kids outside of the national team. Kids getting picked in the first, second round, and you know whether you're a pro prospect or not, just playing against those kids on a regular basis. I mean, you know, you become a proactive environment. Like you want to get better, you get to play against the best, and and I, I think that's what's really awesome about the league is you have a little bit of everything. You could have a kid who's first round NHL draft pick who's going to BU, North Dakota, and you know, the kid who's, who's uh, maybe going to, you know, again, nothing against any college hockey programs, but Niagara, Mercyhurst, whatever they're getting to play. If they have an opportunity in the league to play against those kids and and they're just going to be better players for their program, you know, individually. So it's pretty awesome, pretty unique. But um, I think moving into, like, I think everybody now hearing about how great the league is and knowing and seeing all the marketing materials, like, you know, everyone's always like, well, how do you get there, right? And, and and there's no really secret, there's no magic wand, but you are out watching all these youth programs, midget programs, academies. Obviously, I'm not asking you to take a stance or, or you know, give us your personal opinion. But, you know, I think w- what would be your observation of the lay of the land? I mean, every spring and summer, we're seeing tons of new programs and academies, and it's great. I mean, as long as my opinion is they're doing it the right way, then that's fine. Obviously there's, there's always programs that, that are outliers that, that whatever. But I guess if you were talking to parents and you do on a regular basis, you know, when considering these programs, you know, what kind of questions would you, you know, want them to ask or what should they be you know, concerned or, or, or want to know about before, you know, investing in these programs today?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I think the biggest part is having the relationship with whoever, you know, the player's coach is going to be. Um, to get an understanding of maybe what their values are, maybe what you know how they how they structure the teams, how the teams are how the teams play, everything like that. Um, just you know, being being smart consumers too. Um, there's no like you said, there's no route you know to take that's going to guarantee anyone anything. Ultimately, it come, it's it ends up on the player's shoulders to perform, which is how it should be. Yeah, um, I I think that a, an important part of that whole process is, you know, that the player has to take ownership of, of what route they want to take. You know, if their, their goal truly is to play in, in you know, at, at the high level, a USHL, you know, whatever quality, junior league, the uh, college route, pro hockey, you know, it's the sport's a meritocracy. Um, you, you basically get rewarded for the work that you put in. And that reward is, you know, having opportunities at, at the next level. Um, I, I also, you know, I also think that growing up and, and, you know, playing other sports as well too, definitely, uh, it should be something that people, you know, that people allow their kids to do, because if you can be a good multi-sport athlete, that just means that all those other, you know, all those other circumstances or reps that are going to help you with the one sport that you, that you love, which you know, for us as hockey. So there's a lot of factors. I think ultimately, you know, like I said, it, it, it ends up on the player's shoulders and, you know, to take the, to take the, the responsibility of figuring out and making decisions, you know, throughout time, mistakes are going to be made, but, you know, if you go through the process the right way and just gather as much intel as possible, um, you know, that's, that's the best thing that you can do for yourself.
0: Yeah. I think too, like there's an like element of obviously like the commitment and discipline needs to be there. But also I think everyone knows my stance on the USHL. I, I think it's an awesome league, but there's always kids that, you know, they go to like, like you played in Penticton, like they play there for two years. They, they could have probably played in USHL. Some of the kids, you know, they, they get recruited, they decide to stay that just never even play in the league. Right. Cause for what they think is best for them was just staying where they are. So yeah. You know, it's just like I said, it's a case by case and, and it's trying to like do what's best for you. But obviously no one would argue the USHL is not probably not the best league in North America. Right. So to, to kind of take that next step and develop, um, I think, too, just going back into kind of what like you said, it comes down to playing ability. And that's what I always say to people. I go, look, the common theme in all this is ability and development. Um, but you've had a chance to see guys that start out as like 15, 16 year old that are studs. I've seen them too. You know, everybody's seen them. You've seen also guys at that age or, or older ages where you're like, this kid is going to be really good in a year or two. He just, he's going to pop. He's developing, but all these kids that <clears throat> become like the elite or the, or the top tier kids and, and then there's that second tier and then third tier, but maybe they all play in the league or those top two tiers play in the league. What, what are some common attributes that you find across those players? So when I say that, I mean, intangibles like do you see these guys they just have a different kind of compete level work ethic discipline character i mean what are you seeing in your opinion
1: yeah i think you know there's some there is a bunch of different things i mean i think sure. passion passion's got to be up there yeah. you yeah. know you have to love you have to love what you're doing and it's the same with anything in life but you know in regards to being a hockey player you have to you have to love it the the hard days you have to love the days that you know, that it's like, oh man, it's just, it's a grind right now. You know, you, um, you have to love the days where you're by yourself and it's only up, it's up to you to, to get better, or to, to take some time to get better. You know, if, if you love something, you're going to make, su- make sure that you're good at it or, you know, that you improve on in certain things that you know you need to improve on. Um, you know, it's trending toward in that same direction is work <laughs> ethic. I mean, there, you can never do too much, in my opinion. Um, you know, if, if, if there's something that you need to work on, you know, there's something, something that I always tried to do is put aside 10 minutes after practice to work on something. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be three hours a day, you know, sweating until you can working yourself until you can't move anymore. But if it's 10, 15 minutes a day of something that 10, 15 minutes will add up over time. Um, And so, you know, the work ethic and having good, you know, being consistent with it, that's definitely a part, a a big part, Um, you know, in terms of actually, you know, actual, you know, hockey attributes. Sure. The two that I fall back on every single time are going to be competitiveness and and hockey sense. Um, I, you know, ultimately the higher levels you go to, it's going to be about winning. Uh, And if you can do, Whatever it, do whatever it takes to put your team in an advantageous position to win. Um, you're you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go far. Um, it doesn't mean you know compete doesn't mean burying people all the time or running people through the wall. Uh, compete is just doing you know the right thing every single time and having having the right you know the right detail in, in your game um, and and just staying being steady with it, blocking shots. Uh, winning a stick battle in the corner, those little things will, will ultimately help your team, you know, will help your team win. And then hockey sense in terms of, you know, your creativity as a player, uh, your abil- ability to understand the situation, what plays, you know, need to, to make. Is it a play where maybe you hold on to the puck for a second longer because you need to give your teammates time to, to get into a good position, or if it's something that you need to unload and, you know, you live to fight another day, there's so many, you know, different, different points of, you know, quote unquote hockey sense. But I'd say, you know, the, for those, those two are big ones for me.
0: Yeah. I think too, like it doesn't really, it gets talked about, but I think all that kind of goes into being like consistent and reliable. And it's yeah. like consistency, like anyone can be good five games out of 10. Right. But as you go up the ladder, I mean, you see these, the best players in USHL, like they're good, like, okay, they're not good every single game, but they're good 90% of the games right it's like they just know their routine they know what they need to be doing off the ice to take care of their bodies and they're they're own, they're professionals right basically yeah. you know without the without the word um you know any anything you could touch on that like those like the kids at that USHL level like you know how disciplined they are and and, and obviously these programs are giving them vessels for success i mean obviously like in Chicago they're they're doing stuff that's a different level in the national team but even you know teams like dubuque and cedar rapids and all these great programs you know they kind of give these vessels for the kids but it's only a vessel if you take advantage of it right so you know that discipline needs to be there
1: yeah i mean i think ultimately the player has to understand the process the process isn't you know getting results you know immediately it's like you said after a game do a a cool down bike ride, you put the right nutrients into your body, Um, doing all the little things over time, working on little things after before and after practice, you know, putting the the right effort into, into off ice training, uh, all those things over time are going to give, you know, an individual player the best chance of succeeding in the game. The hockey is not a perfect game. It's a game of mistakes. No one's going to be perfect at it, but, Doing the process, going through the process the right way and leaving no stone unturned is just ultimately going to give you the best chance to, to succeed and, and to, to move to wherever it is that you want to go next. And to also just, you know, part of that too is having success as where you are right now. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the league isn't a place where people come to it, and they, but they're, you know, looking to what's next. You know, every single night is a, is a battle. Um, it's the the competition level of the league and getting to the playoffs and getting through playoffs. It's hard. So, you know, put, like I said, putting yourself in the best position by focusing on the process is what these kids have, you know, have, have gotten pretty darn good at up to date. Um, and they're only going to get better at it. So that's, you know, again, that's a, that's a component.
0: Yeah. I think too, like the process part before we get into here, like the draft and the combines is like, like your career itself. I mean, you got all this experience played in all these different leagues and it only made you a better player. Right. And I think people forget, like, you're not going to go U15, U16, right. To the USHL. Obviously we know there's a lot of data that says 18s and prep and then junior, but even when you get to junior, like, you know, I mean, we'll, and we can talk about this in a minute, but like the USHL draft, I mean, a lot of kids in the first five or six rounds this year, most of them came from different junior leagues. Now, if they play in the league or not is up to them. But I mean, that that says something about, you know, where, where teams are going if they need an older player, right? A guy who probably played 18s or prep, and then he went to the BC or the Alberta or the CC or the OJ or, or even the NA, right? It's just, there, there's a long process to this and, and it's all about development. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so I think touching on, before we get into the draft, like obviously going back to your role, I mean, one of your bigger pieces of your job is the USHL combines, which, you know, you do a great job with like maybe touch on, again, I know everyone knows what they are. They're always hoping for the invite. Um, maybe again, touch on what you can with that, what they're all about. And I guess maybe in your opinion or, or, or um, you know, you're kind of, personal opinion what you've what your purpose is for them I guess if you had to put you know a couple sentences together you know what people should understand them to be for right I think some people think hey I'm going to play there if I score 15 points in the weekend I'm going to get drafted but maybe touch on you know what the expectation should be and what it's all about
1: yeah well we have the combine starting pretty much uh, right after you know right after Wee major year which is more you know, at the younger, at the younger levels, it's not about, you know, evaluations. It's about getting players and families around, you know, league staff to kind of understand what the league's kind of all about. Um, you know, the combines are a great tool to, yes, be seen, you know, right before the draft, but it's also, you know, it's also something where you get in front or get around a, a USHL team or teams um, and they keep tabs on you from there. Like you said, it might not you know, we, we basically have the Combines until, you know, the, the 18-U year. So this, this last year would have been the 2002's last opportunity. Some of the kids that were going to come to the Combine then might not, have, might, might not be drafted in the USHL for another year or two. you know, each year we probably have, I think, through the numbers from, last, from this past draft, there was uh, 116 players that had attended a, I mean, previously attended a Combine uh, that were taken. You know, not every single one of them, you know, in the previous years are, are going to be 100 kids from that combine getting drafted. But teams will keep tabs on players throughout, throughout, you know, the next year, the next two years, the next three years and be like, OK, we see what, you know, where that player's level was at. We know he wants to come to the league, you know, then this might be this is his time to, you know, to, to prove it. Um, the combines are, are, are a tremendous tool for families you know to to ask questions to be again to be around staff to learn what the what the path is to the ushl and beyond um but also for the players too knowing that it's you know yeah you, if you do well at a combine you're going to give yourself a pretty darn good shot to 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 get drafted but you know again uh most 15 16 17 year old kids are, may not be ready for the ushl they may need another year or two to to go to the na to go to the bc league to play you know, to play out their year of new England prep school or Minnesota high school. So again, it's uh, like you said, it's, it's a long road and, you know, the ones who make it are the ones who, you know, who persist and just, you know, continue to get better.
0: Yeah. I th- I think that's awesome. I think depending on the timing of the events and the playoffs and stuff in a normal year, like, you know, there are GMs, there assistant GMs, head coaches, sometimes assistant coaches, it's a, it's it's uh actual staff members and it's a unique experience you know to, to be able to get coached by those guys for a weekend and like you said some of those guys that have been in the league like you get to play for them and you know a year later they're they're coaching in the ahl or, or the nhl right yep. whatever yep. so it's uh pretty unique and it's pretty awesome that the league puts them on i think moving into kind of our last part to bring this full circle like let's talk about the ushl drafts i mean you know, again, your perspective on, you know, the phase one and two drafts and and maybe just touch on, again, a lot of people don't understand what they even are, I think, but maybe touch on that and then kind of, you know, what you've seen with them. And obviously they're, they're massive. I mean, the phase two is massive. I mean, it goes on like all day and and maybe, you know, explain to people what that's all about.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the phase one draft is uh, after a player's ultimately their quote unquote 15 new year. Uh, each team is given ten selections um, to pick from players of that one single birth year. Um, after pretty much after the end, in- the national team development program makes their selections. Um, teams will go into which generally occurs in late March. Uh, yeah, late March. Um, teams will then go into a recruiting process of some players who they want to tender. Uh, tender basically means that that player signs an agreement uh, with with the USHL team, they have to play in 55% of the league's games the following year. So that's more for kids who are, you know, they're ready to play in the USHL. There's not that many tenders given out on a given year, probably between anywhere between five and 15 at the very, very high end. I don't think it ever, and it gets close to that number anyway, but um, after, you know, early May is when when the phase one draft happens. and teams will, you know, basically pick and, you know, stock their cupboard for the future. The phase two draft is pri- primarily older guys, ki- kids that teams want to give the opportunity to, to, to make the team out of camp. Uh, whether the players played, you know, in in junior A or high school or midget, um, it's predominantly an older draft that's that's intended for kids who are taken there. They're given, They're going to be given an opportunity that year to make the team um, but ultimately again, you got to make the team. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, stock is put into the draft by, you know, by outsiders, by, by family, by, by players, rightfully so. Um, but you still have to make the team in, in our league. There's still a camp that you have to go through and show that you belong. Um, there's plenty of opportunities for kids to to go to a camp if they haven't been drafted and, you know, compete and, and, and make teams. I mean, you, you look at our league, there's 16 USHL teams, and now there's close to, to 60 Division I teams. There are teams that cut Division One players from, you know, from their roster. Um, it, it's just so competitive that the coaches, you know, they want the players who are the best players, you know, just because you have, you know, just because you were drafted, you have a Division One commitment or you don't have a division one committee, it doesn't matter. You ultimately have to make the team. And um, I think that's, that's part of what has, what makes the league so great.
0: Yeah, it's super competitive. And I think too, like we touched on Europeans, Canadians, guys coming from different junior leagues. I mean, you even have guys coming back from college playing in the league, even more so this year with COVID. But I think too, like if you could just, I know this year the dates are different, but, like you said, you get drafted, it, it's basically an opportunity, right? It's it's a door open for you to the USHL. And, and and I think touch on like, you know, you still have to go to the trial camp. You still have to, you know, you make the 30 man. Then there's still a cut down. Maybe walk through that process. And again, in a normal year, what that looks like for people. So they understand like it's still a process to make the team and make that final, you know, uh, uh, roster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go through main camp and then, still teams will have a, you know, a 30 man roster that they're taking into to preseason. Um, and then, you know, you have the first couple weeks of training camp and preseason um, that you're still competing ultimately for a job. Um, it's, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, an understanding that you, you, you know, instant gratification is not, you know, something that, that happens all that regularly in hockey, you still just because you go over one hurdle doesn't mean that you you still don't have five or six more to you know to to overcome. Um, so getting you know making the opening night roster and even then, I mean, it, 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 there's no guarantees uh, throughout anything. So whether you're an NHL draft pick, whether you're a college player, you know you have to bring you have to bring your stuff every single day. Um, and ultimately that's what separates, you know, the the good hockey players from the really, really, really high-end hockey players, which are the type of kids that we want in, in the USHL.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's you hitting on that. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it. It's not just, hey, being able to play well on the ice and, and having all those intangibles and having the buy-in and, and obviously, you know, being a team-first guy. I mean, all the stuff you kind of – gave us today. was awesome information. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about the USHL and your role and and how you guys are kind of growing the league and, um, you know, with the USHL combine and um, even the fall classic, which we didn't touch on, which has a lot of youth teams. And and obviously it's a showcase for the USHL uh, uh, itself. And, tons of exposure there. So again, I I really appreciate you coming on, walking us through the league and how it works and and how everything kind of works on the inside. Um, I kind of, just always give my guests the last word, anything you want to give advice or or to people, parents, whatever, um, before we kind of sign off here.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, the most important thing is the process. Um, and you know, for, for families to have a good resource, much, you know, like yourself, someone who understands that, um, is going to help these people understand the the loads of information that are going to be thrown at them, the loads of, you know, the noise and separating what's noise and what's, you know, real um, there's, you know, it, it just comes down to what the player wants to do. Everything's entirely up to the player. Um, I remember, you know, when I committed to RPI um, I asked, Seth, I asked coach Seth Appert, you know, am I going to be coming in this year? or Am I going to be coming in the following year? And he said, well, that's entirely up to you. Not meaning that it's my choice, but it's my decision. How your play, you know, dictates. Well, you know, your play dictates when you know you ultimately arrive on campus. And so, again, it's all on the player. Um, you know, some some players might have more resources than others, but you know, you, you make do with what you got. And if if you want it bad enough, then you'll figure out a way to make it happen.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And like I said, it, it always does, you know, understanding the process and the path, but like you said, it, it always comes down to the player, his ability and his development and, and seeing how that trend, you know, you don't want to plateau at a certain age. You want to keep trending up. And that's why you see some of these, these best players, you know, really hit their peak when they're 18, 19, 20. And a majority of kids are going to do that. So, um, and, and we see that with, with research. Um, so yeah. Really appreciate it again, Luke. Um, you know, obviously be safe, hopefully uh, see you in the ranks here sooner than later. Um, and again, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for everyone, uh, for listening today to the Paragon sports consulting podcast. Uh, we'll have another episode up uh, shortly, probably next week. Uh, feel free to check us out at Paragon sports Again, that's Paragon sports consulting.com and across uh, all of our social media, uh, facebook twitter instagram we've got some great content um some great insight Uh, that's at paragon athlete so at paragon athlete across twitter instagram and facebook we will see everybody soon be safe